Hi there, and welcome to the Engage Sales Podcast. Top sales professionals are firmly focused on putting sales enablement and human experience at the core of their organization. The growing importance of understanding the buyer and their journey is crucial, as engagement insights are increasingly proven to improve the sales process, the human experience, and ultimately profitability. For over a decade, we've helped some of the world's biggest brands engage, unify the sales departments, and help enable tracking and analytics into buyer behavior through our industry-leading conferences and online digital media. To find out more, visit engagesales.com. In this episode, we sit down with Marco Davey, Head of Sales Enablement at Zero. Marco is a strategic and hands-on sales enablement leader, consultant and sales trainer with more than 15 years experience. He has spearheaded the rollout of sales methodologies as well as sales leadership programs, which helped organizations improve customer relationships, increase revenue and close more deals. We speak to Marco about what it's like to work at Zero and more about recent projects and future plans. How are you, Marco? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, what about yourself? Uh, yes, I'm having a really good day. This is a new topic. I haven't visited it for, you know, quite some time. And it's interesting to see what remains absolutely eternally true about the sales process and what has really taken off and changed, you know, in, in recent times. And we're already seeing some interesting things coming through this morning. So it's actually been a really interesting session so far. Uh, and I know we've got some questions where hopefully we'll continue to unpick some of the key things that are developing and important to, to note. So let's do a little bit of introduction. Yourself, how come you're working in sales enablement, zero, just a little bit of profiling and background to yourself. Yeah, so basically what I, I started my career as a sales rep, uh, moved into sales engineering uh, and then uh, did partner enablement. And uh, at that time, it wasn't even called enablement. It was all called yeah. kind of training, sales training. Uh, and then in recent years, I very much focused on uh, internal enablement of uh, salespeople, uh, sales engineering as well, but mostly salespeople. And uh, yeah, I've kind of dedicated my uh, career to, to sales enablement, uh, which is uh, something that I very much enjoy. And um, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, a lot of people in sales enablement have a passion for. Excellent. Uh, and it's great to, to, to kind of be invited here. And uh, it looks great. The studio looks lovely. And uh, I think you got uh, a great uh, audience as well attending, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's really, really significantly impressive. I've had a good look at the people who've signed up and wants to participate. And I think it's actually a testament to the fact that it's a, it's a moving space and not enough opportunity to meet up and talk. So it, it's testament to the relevance of what we're doing at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Now, tell me, go back. It might be slightly boring to my audience, but I would like to say, what's your take on this word enablement? And, and what are we really saying here is it different from leading sales or being chief revenue officer what actually is the essence of sales enablement that that warrants the title yeah for me uh, when i look at sales enablement i find it's uh, it's kind of the glue between different departments that pu puts uh, okay information and capabilities at the fingertips of the salespeople. Uh, but we, in sales and we work with all different types of departments. Uh, you know, a big part of our work is learning and development, but yep. very, very focused on the functional area of sales. Um, but at the same time, also product marketing and marketing, uh, there is always, uh, you know, a lot to learn from those functions. And I think the glue between those functions and enablement, um, then the capability, L&D, 
as well as uh, the rest of the functions, uh, it's really important. And someone needs to provide that glue uh, and being able to actually really focus on the enablement of the sellers. Uh, because um, when you look at the learning and development function as such, it, it does an amazing job in terms of, in general, uh, manager skills, uh, people skills, all around that. Um, but then I think sales enablement fills that that gap that is needed to really uh, drive and help salespeople to be successful. Oh, yeah, that makes perfectly good sense. And, and just as a matter of history, when did that sort of start appearing on the horizon? Sales enablement itself, that's an interesting question. Uh, when you Google the term, uh, yeah, it, it's really only in recent years that uh, it, it has become a very, very uh, focused area. Um, I, I, I do think it did exist before, but the focus was slightly different and it was more around sales training or product training, okay. uh, but it has now shaped into much more strategic function to the organization. And it tends to sit quite closely to, uh, you know, chief uh, revenue officer and supporting yeah. uh, their chief revenue officer okay. uh, in, in the business. I was going to say, um, so it's more of a leadership, part of the leadership team approach. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah I would say so. Um, and the other thing is, um, I think that trend of sales enablement is also very dominant in, in the kind of English-speaking countries. Mm -hmm. um, so I see uh, that, that title, that job title, coming up much more often in the United States, yep. as well as in the UK, specifically in the London area, it seems yep. to be very popular. Um, and then when you go outside, you, you find it also in Australia, but not so much in, in the non-English-speaking countries. That's uh, quite interesting, because obviously also the, the term sales enablement is obviously very English. Uh, word. Uh, reflect actually looking at the list today, interestingly, of people who've signed up to come and participate and, and, and listen. Uh, and again, I would agree with that. Probably the global brands, absolutely, that's embedded in the titles. Um, slightly less so in, in the UK still. Um, more sales uh, or, or training, possibly. In other words, it's still the, the, the parts of the function uh, developing. Um, but, but absolutely, I could see the way that that would spread in the way that you, you, you've talked about. Um, and, and reflective of the fact that you often in, in another part of the business dealing with the siloism of, of tribal you know, ways of organising ourselves is the relationship that happens between the business community and the IT community. Those facilitators and enablers to make those, you know, the traffic work between those two worlds. So it, it, I absolutely understand it. You've explained that extremely well. So, so great. Uh, I, I understand that. Um, personal background then, do you think it's essential that you've done the do, um, that you've always done selling, or are we also seeing people come up through purely the L&D route as well? I think it's beneficial if you have done the selling yourself, you have a really good connection and a really good understanding of uh, what sales is about and what the sales role is. Um, I think it's okay if it's a very adjacent type of a role, like uh, sales engineering, where you're still working with customers, you're yeah. supporting deals and, and working with customers. I think that customer experience, I think, is very important and very relevant. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, the L&D side of things is very, very important, I believe, for sales enablement, because that's almost like a sales L&D function as well. And, um, you know, you, you need to kind of ask a question yourself, uh, you know, can you learn both by just reading about it? Or is there one area that you... It is better to have experience in, and I believe it is better to have some experience in sales. 
you don't have, I don't think you have to have like 10 years of experience in sales, mm -hmm. but you have a, a few years of experience in sales and then move into a role like this. I think that that is very important. However, if you're building out a sales enablement department, of course, you, you can hire different skill sets into that department and if you if you need someone who's very much focused on the l d side of things uh, i think that's okay to to have someone in the team who doesn't maybe have the full sales experience but has a lot of experience in terms of designing content um working on uh, training programs etc i think that's that's okay too I, th I think the cx mindset has also brought in the need to unify and create collaboration across teams um hence the the back ground role Catherine was talking about, about facilitating, enabling, you know, the other teams. Got to be a good product, so you're going to set sales teams up to fail. Got to be collaborating deeply with marketing, uh, you know, all, all those yeah. other bits and pieces, yeah. You were, earlier you mentioned uh, silos uh, in organizations, yeah. right? And I see, I see sales enablement as, uh, as one of those functions that is actually trying to break down those silos and trying to actually really create that glue between departments very important function yeah 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 we all suffer it wherever we're starting from <laughs> we, we need to have our colleagues collaborate with us in, in that kind of way how's the uh, the lockdown you know and everything that's spilt out from there changed the nature of the challenge of what you're doing yeah, this is really interesting. And I think um, the lockdowns, uh, I think we're almost like two years in now into back into lockdowns or back out yeah. again. Uh, when it first started, it was probably a bit of a shock to the system uh, in terms of pe people had to suddenly who were used to work on a sales floor, suddenly they had to go home do all that work from home uh, on their own and if you think about you know even a, maybe not just the london area but you know people in in, in sales roles and just starting off their careers uh having the support on the sales floor is suddenly gone overnight um yeah. they're in their flat uh, maybe they're sharing their flat with two or three other mates uh and now they're literally having to work live and sleep in the same room potentially uh, yep. th that has been probably a big shock to many 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 salespeople um and we had to adapt um from a sales enablement perspective very very quickly um if the onboarding program was a face-to-face -face training that was yep. delivered in a classroom uh, over maybe a day and a half or a couple of days uh, suddenly everything had to be done via zoom or some other tool uh, to do, to do, and uh, you just couldn't just lift the content and just say, okay, well, we got two days of uh, you know training normally facilitated in a classroom. Let's do two days of Zoom. It doesn't really doesn't work, work like very that. well. Zoom fatigue kicks in, and yeah. you need to redesign things, and um, that that's one side of things. And then also from a from a, a skill set, suddenly uh, you know people, salespeople who were facing customers normally in face to face meetings, meeting them. Uh, talking to them, suddenly they had to do all that via Zoom as well. So that was like the remote seller skills that, that we had to kind of focus on. So I think it dramatically affected onboarding and it yeah. dramatically affected the, the, the skill level. How about the support? I mean, if you talk to folk in the contact center space, you know, pivoting in 48 hours to working on, you know, the home dinner table uh, with all the attendant pressures that happened, I think what caught that industry by surprise was how much was... Uh, uh, managed through the face-to-face -face 
being in the same space from the supervisory team leader, even site manager perspective, and how difficult and challenging that was, you know, to replicate in, in a virtual environment, also with a much more testy type of customer who was much more demanding and short-tempered and all the rest of the kind of stuff, uh, and often feeling much more isolated. You know, a lot of people just turned on Teams or Zoom permanently as one way to kind of recognize that there needed to be some back channel and support. Is sales pastoral leadership, if there's such a thing, <laughs> did that become part of your enablement challenge as well? Well, the support of uh, the people in a, in a telesales environment, uh, that, that was one of the big, uh, big challenges, I, I would say, um, because you, 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 you lost that support, uh, being able to walk around the sales floor from a leadership perspective. Uh, you need to yep. start to trust your team uh, that is now remote working from home, trust that they have the same kind of discipline <laughs> that they had in the office. Okay. Um, and many of, of course did adapt. And uh, you know, we, we, we have seen across the board, I think the uh, industry uh, adapting very, very quickly to that environment. So uh, in fact, uh, I think now uh, where the offices have reopened, I think we started reopening like in July and yeah. August this year in, in the UK. And people actually have adopted so well that well, it's actually harder to get people back into the office. <laughs> it is. But interestingly, I, I do re remember saying, with that two-year perspective, the city, which is essentially a lot of that is very high-level selling, isn't it? They were some of the very first people to actually say the chemistry of selling needs us in the same room, you know, and actually brought those teams back very, very early on, interestingly. So I, I think the challenge of losing the energy that happens when you're working in a team way because often the rest of, you know you have your cycles don't you you know when you're selling and after lunch or wednesday or whatever it is it's just not good for me personally but sometimes the energy of the team takes me through and i and i think that's that's uh, so again uh, are you finding that you're moving back into a sort of hybrid deal irrespective of what the pandemic's going to do to us and the yeah well, the energy thing is a, is a really good one that you're mentioning. I mean, the energy on a sales floor is, is actually like, a, it's almost like a buzz, right? On a Monday morning when, yeah. uh, when you know, people come back after the weekend into, yeah. into the office, uh, you might have like a, an all hands for a kickoff. Uh, you have yeah. people committing to their targets. Uh, during the day, you might hear ringing the bell, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that, that was all gone. And I think that spirit, um, you know, would be great to to get this back. And I think a lot of companies are trying to get this back right now. Yeah. Um, getting getting people to 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 come back to the office and 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 do that. Um, I think some of it has you know has has changed though in terms of the more uh, complex deals where you have customer meetings face to face. Uh, I think that has come back as well. There's more face-to-face -face meetings now. But I don't think it will be the same level as it was before no. uh, because now we are used to using uh, these uh, virtual tools like we're doing this uh, conference <laughs> virtually as well. Um, we will, I don't think we go back to where it was, but there will be a bit of a hybrid, uh, as you said. But many things have stayed the same as well uh, that, have, that haven't changed. Whatever makes sales successful is, is, has stayed the same. I don't think it has really dramatically changed. Um, you know, some of the things like onboarding had to be adopted, remote seller skills are more important. But there's a lot of things that, you know, they're, they're still true today as they were, you know, two years yeah. ago or, yeah. No, I, I think human behaviour and humans are pretty much 
constant in, in, in some profound ways, you know. Um, but in terms of that change that you had to accommodate from an enablement perspective, have, do you feel you've caught up with that agenda now or are there still some major things you want to crack? Um, I think <clears throat> some of the areas that um, that uh, provide the, the the actual support to the team, uh, which is uh, coaching. I, I'm a big believer that sales coaching is super, super important. Yeah. And that area, I think, uh, still work to do in general as a sales enablement function overall as a sales enablement industry. Um, quite important to um, think about you know, how you uh, actually do that effectively in a virtual environment. Uh -huh. That, I think, is still something that needs to be looked at and worked on. It's, it, that's a challenge, isn't it? That's an interesting thing. And actually, again, some of the people I know that have been figuring out their sort of hybrid environments, uh, when you're coming back into the office, number one, the office has got re-architected for a different kind of experience. Uh, and a lot of that time when it is in the office is devoted then to kind of more experiential-based learning. Uh, because that is still much easier to enable when you've got people physically able to sense each other's presence uh, and, and, and sort of take signals from each other in that kind of a way. Uh, and I, I think that's an interesting challenge, how you then divide the week out and, and think about what you do with that. Um, there's some logistical stuff, which is I think you've just got to ensure you schedule things in a way you have enough people turn up for it to be worth the while. I mean, I've got... I have a, a, a colleague in marketing and I keep saying, you know, I know you're only two minutes away from your office. When was the last time you visited? And he said, well, I keep trying to get around to it, but nobody else turns up. So I go, what's the point? I'll just stay in my bedroom. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, there's a need to sort of kickstart the thing again if it's going to ever happen again. So definitely needs to get logistically organised. But, but there's a benefit to both environments without a doubt. You know, the other side of it, if you listen to humans talking about why they don't, they like the home bit, it's the lack of the commute. It's the flexibility. It's the opportunity to be with the dog or be with whatever that makes the difference to the quality of the work-life balance bit. You know, there's all that part of the discussion as well, uh, you know, to sort of factor in. But to your point, coaching, which is vital, I still think and see primarily, well, I can see online helping, but there's nothing like the face-to-face -face part of it, is there? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's, that's, I think, one of the things um, that, uh, that, uh, that we need to work on as a sales enablement function and industry, uh, yeah. really uh, looking at the coaching side of things, uh, that, because that has dramatically changed. And uh, to your point, um, when we went back in you know, July, August into the office and uh, trying to run a session, uh, a training session or so, some sort, um, the, the challenge was and is, uh, you know, getting everybody back into the office because you end up having to run like a hybrid session where some people are online in Zoom, yeah. some are in the classroom. And that's a much harder thing to do uh, if you've got the crowd in your room. Uh, and at the same time, you have to think about the people who are just joining virtually. They're getting a very different experience, um, and especially uh, there's a tendency if you are presenting or you're doing a, a workshop uh, that you focus on the people who are in the room always. rather than the ones yeah. exactly. And and that's uh, that's something we need to uh, always keep in mind. Um, and that is, I think, one of the other challenges as well. Yeah. Yeah, they become second-level learners, don't they? They're, they're yes. passive, yeah. but they're not participative in the same way. It's a it's a real challenge, you know, to get and, that part right. 
Yeah, and you could argue almost that you probably need to be very deliberate and saying, well, if you do have a lot of people just joining remotely, then just design it remotely and deliver it remotely, which then of course feeds the, yep. yeah, the yeah, people want to, exactly, feeds the habit. <laughs> yeah. So we said coaching for you is important as part of success. What else do you focus on in making you know, the team successful? Yeah, I mean, one of the areas when I say sales coaching is important, of course, you need to kind of have the groundwork done in terms of understanding how your buyers buy and how your sellers sell. So I put a lot of emphasis on sales methodology. I think that is really a core piece that is important. Um, it helps you to drive consistency. Yep. Um, a lot of companies um, do have sales methodologies. Others have kind of, you know, started to build it your, themselves as well. Um, what, 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 a, what a defined sales process does, it, it does help you get consistency, being able to train new hires on a, on a working model that you, that you already know is working very well. And it helps you to increase and drive your revenue. Um, and then the coaching piece comes in to enforce those behaviors that are part of the sales methodology. Um, those, those two things, I think, are the two cornerstones of it. But one thing we need to remember also, uh, you need to have a lot of uh, content around understanding your customer, understanding your competition, understanding your market. Uh, so there's all these things as well. So really, if I had to summarize what makes you know, sales teams successful, is those three kind of pillars. Have a really good sales methodology, have really good coaching culture and try to really drive that culture uh, and then know your customer and the environment. And, and know your customer, is that is that delivered by, if you want, desk research by the sales teams themselves or in, in a more general pure play market research way? Yeah, I think that can come in many ways. Uh, it, it, first of all, um, marketing, product marketing typically has quite a lot of knowledge about uh, the target customers, the segmentation, uh, about the different types of industries that you serve as a company. Um, and it's really important that you understand your target buyers and uh, get into their heads, what, what's important to them, what are their pain points, um, and of course, all that feeds back into the, the sales methodology as well. Yep. Um, but it's also important to understand, uh, you know, what, what's happening in the market. When you look back over, even over the pandemic or, you know, yep. the lockdowns, uh, some industries were more affected than others, right? So, right. you know, restaurants and pubs were closed down entirely for a long time. <laughs> uh, then you had financial industry uh, and medical industries that they were... There was hardly any effects. So if you go to, uh, you know, some of the statistics sites uh, for the UK, for example, you can actually see uh, which companies and which industries have been affected more. Uh, and it's actually quite interesting to look at that. Uh, so it's also about getting, you know, just to understand what's, what's the environment, what's, what's happening yeah. to them. Uh, there's a big transformation happening in retail. Uh, as we know, uh, a lot is going online. Uh, people have changed their buying behaviors. They had to <laughs> during the lockdown. Um, and has really accelerated things that were already happening before, uh, but now it has happened much, much quicker and is affecting businesses as well. What are you emphasising most to the sales teams as being the top thing they've really got to get right in today's market? Is it a mindset or is it a skill? A, for me, it would be a mindset because, uh, yeah, you can argue uh, looking at salespeople, oh, yeah, need to 
salespeople need to be good in closing. They need to be good in discovery. They need to do all these things. That's right. But if there was one thing is more of an attitude that I think is really important, and that is coachability. I think open to learning, open to learning, open to be coached. Uh, I think that that's the number one skill, because if you are open to coaching, to learning, even if you're not so good right now in discovery or not so good in in closing, you will be able to be coached and improve that skill and get really better and better and do that. Um, But if if you're not open to coaching, uh, things are changing. And you need to be able to adapt. So you need to constantly be a learner as well as yeah. a salesperson. And that 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 is, I think, uh, the attitude of uh, having an open mindset and coaching. I so, think that's really important. So probably the thing that feeds that is humility. <laughs> yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I th- I think I think probably every single major role in a business would would sign up to that perspective that you know. Uh, you can't afford to believe that what worked in the past will work in the future. Uh, and be grateful for the input and the ability to learn and, and keep developing. I, I suppose that feeds back. I mean, I was going to ask you this. We're getting close to end of time. But in terms of sales methodology, uh, there's been some classics over the time, you know, as ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sales methodology is an interesting relevant? one. Sorry. Are they yeah, I think relevant? it's... Yeah, I think they're relevant. Uh, as I said, I think it's very important. It needs to be, um, you know, looked at in different ways uh, because uh, sales methodology, when you when you look at it, it's also something that uh, evolves over time. Yeah. Um, when you when you map your buyer process and your seller process and you look at those things and and you start looking at knowledge skills behaviors at the different stages of that process, um, that 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 evolves over time and i think it's really important to take uh you know stake and look at those areas and 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 see if that's still up to date um you know one of the key skills that maybe before the the lockdowns wasn't important is the remote selling skill in the sense of you know if yeah. you do complex sales you book your meeting you meet people face to face um, now suddenly that has become a much more important skill, remote selling skills. Uh, and But that, that doesn't apply to everybody because there were companies out there two or three years ago, they were already doing remote selling. So they were already doing this really, really well. Um, but you need to be able to adapt to the circumstances. And I think the sales methodology is the same. Um, you know, is it more transactional sales? Is it more complex sales? Those are the things you need to think about. So... Being responsible for developing and delivering and enabling a relevant sales capability. And you've also made the point that we are in a constantly evolving space. How do you practically enable that evolution? In other words, who's coaching the coach here? How are you making sure that you keep up to speed and understand some of the changes that might need to be made uh, by spotting best practice, by learning from others? How are you plugging in? How practically are you enabling that for yourself? Yeah, the first one I think is uh, really very, very um, strong focus on uh, the marketing side as well, because marketing usually has a really good ear in terms of what's happening in the customer's world. Um, good point. When you look at how marketing has changed over the last decade, yep. it went from something that was 
unidirectional, where you, you decided what the message is, you put it out, you know, in magazines, you put it out on maybe on a website as well. Now social media has entirely changed that. It's a, it's a bi-directional uh, thing. The customers will tell you what your brand looks like, and it's yeah. not you yeah, <laughs> actually yeah. uh, in charge of the brand anymore. Um, and being at the pulse of, of, of that is really important. So I, th I think sales and marketing needs to align very, very heavily on the messaging. So that needs a really big co collaboration for sales enablement to do that, uh, bring those functions together. In some companies, these functions are already very well aligned, but in yes. some others, there are silos out there. Yes. And it's really important to bring that messaging together and then feed that messaging also in the sales methodology. I think that is really important. Okay, that's good. That's good. We haven't been techie at all today in our conversation, so let me let me ask uh, the big one, which is how has the power of prediction influenced, i.e. AI, machine learning, influenced the way that the sales process goes down? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, artificial intelligence and prediction and things like that. Um, I think a big part of it is uh, on the side of digital marketing, uh, which feeds back into the sales arena. When you look at digital marketing, what is happening now is customers, when they speak to your salespeople, this is not the first engagement they have with your organization. Nice. They have probably looked at your website. They have probably looked at some of the social media articles on LinkedIn. They have probably or potentially attended a webinar before. Uh, before they even talk to an individual in sales, they have already done a lot of homework yep. around. They might have already decided, who knows, but they have already done a lot of work. Um, and being able to uh, track those things, that is something that digital marketing is doing nowadays. Uh, so it's a, it's the buyer's journey. Yep. Uh, it doesn't start with a salesperson yep. talking uh, to uh, to a customer. So I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity for artificial intelligence to optimize that and getting a lot of data out of that. The, the second thing I think is the sales enablement platforms that are out there. Um, they also will benefit from artificial intelligence and predictive uh, information. And the third one, I think, is uh, the telesales environment. Because when you are speaking to customers nowadays, um, in many, many companies, uh, you, you actually have to record calls. And in yeah. others, you do record calls. And you'll be able to analyze those calls. Yeah. And you'll be able to actually go back uh, and use tools uh, to uh, and even artificial intelligence tools today that be able to track certain trends, words, uh, you understand trends. Um, you can identify the part of the discussion between the sales rep and the customer where you talk about pricing, where you talk about competitors. All that information suddenly becomes available, and is uh, and you can use uh, that uh, going forward. I think those are the kind of three areas that I think uh, yeah. we're going to see big, big changes in the next five years. Have we? Uh, are we in the world yet of next next best actions? That's big in the service world, you know. Uh, Again, transforming uh, prediction in real time into therefore inferring the next best action. Is uh, our sales teams been fed by that yet? You know, the accumulation of the buyer's dynamic journey and all that, or is that the next phase to turn up? I think the next phase, what I'm seeing is, um, you know, the trend in terms of, you know, enablement becoming a bit more inclusive of other functions in the organization, just okay. because... Uh, 
the sales function isn't again a silo in itself. There's a lot of other components. Yep. You mentioned customer success earlier; they play a role. Uh, it's about uh, the buyer's journey, and it uh, there's a big trend, obviously, to software as a service compared to you know buying individual products. Quite, um, and that's quite a different uh, arena where you're selling. Uh, and it's all about uh, you know keeping uh, and continuing to provide value to customers. And I think that's an important shift that uh, that has become very, very important to many, many organizations. Yes. And um, I think the product as such is, is much more bigger and there's, there's a lot of components to a product than just the core product. And those other components, I believe, become more and more important going forward. And sales enablement needs to be aware of that and needs to continue to focus on those areas. If we had another 10 minutes, I would love to explore with you the relationship, therefore, between sales enablement and sales uh, customer success management, which is another area that's recognising the need to deliver the value that's been promised upstream. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm sure uh, there must be some interesting crossovers there between those teams, you know, in terms of what they're attempting to do. So, so sort of in summary, we're, we're looking at a world which is increasingly converging in its, and aligning, I should say, in its, in its ambitions and its intents. Probably with, with, with cloud-based computing, we're beginning to share systems of record and systems of engagement anyway, which is a great thing to be doing. Uh, and also making sure that probably the notion of from the beginning to the end is something we all need to be collectively involved in because at the end of the day, if the customer falls out of any of those bits, competition will sweep them up quickly, such as the level of competition. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, one of the things, yes, there's a lot of technology that is you know, going to transform sales enablement and the way we sell, but the core piece is still the relationship to the customer yep. uh, and providing constantly value and ensuring that that is happening. And uh, thinking about also that even the business customer is a human being. I think that's really important to keep in mind. <laughs> Wonderful point. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely well said. Marco, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And you've really delivered us some great points today. So thank you for continuing to open up our conversation today. Real pleasure. Thank you very much. Have a thank nice you. day. Thank, thank you. you so much.